baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Four oh eight. It is Monday. It's one of those weeks, isn't it? I know my kids, my high schooler, only has two days of school this week, and then it's it's winter break time. It's Jason. It's drive time with Russia. Dan is here. Thanks for all the nice text about uh, the Monday message. Dan had to tell me the name of the segment because I forgot about it for a sec. I've moved forward. That segment is done. I got my eye on forward progress. Absolutely. Let's go with that. (laughs) Like, is it the Monday moment? Is it the Monday? Is it the Vanita salute? Is that what we're? It's not the Sakar salute. It's not the Sakar salute? No, we're not going to. All right. Not going to rip off Vanita. (laughs) Wouldn't that be something if we just, in the afternoon, we're like, you know what's tiring? Coming up with content for this show. What if we just redid Vanita's show in the afternoon? What are the odds that you're listening to both? Just take it under advisement for the new year. Put that in the you're file. You're talking yourself out of a job. You realize this, right? Well, someone still has to do it, right? No, I mean, technically, they could just replay Vanita. Ooh. You see what the well, words are you don't want to do now? that. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah don't do that. that. Uh, this is the time of year where conflict is king, right? It's family. It's stress. It's the holidays, and to help guide you through it, our advice contributor. Uh, It's a segment uh, that we call Ask Adri. Adrian Lee is here. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me. People loved you the first time, but they liked it best when you got really, when, like, you really laid it on people. Oh, okay. So be mean. You got to be, well, you don't have to be, yes, actually. Be okay, mean. fair. Yeah, be I'll, mean. I'll take that feedback. Can we start with uh, uh, the story that's been captivating sort of gossip social media today and by association, uh, you know, this program, because that's, that's what I am, uh, Anthony Edwards. Oh, yeah. If Anthony Edwards sent you a note and said, dear Adrian. I mean, that would be someone I could definitely lay into. For sure. Uh, I could be mean to him, I think, in this I moment. accidentally got a young woman pregnant. I don't think that's the issue here. No. That, that, that it, happens. That is so common. That's yes. probably one of the most common things. The issue is not that it happened. It's how he handled it. And yeah. I am sure it is hard to be a public person and potentially have your private conversations put out there publicly. Um, but integrity isn't public. It's private. And I don't think he was demonstrating any integrity in their correspondence. What? Wh- where do you come down on the airing of private text messages or DMs or that sort of thing? Because it seems very common, not just in celebrity relationships. I see it all the time. I think it is really common. Here's the thing. I think that what I saw in those text messages was him being cruel and being coercive. Um, and I'm It not, was cruel. It was. It was. But also coercive. Like telling her get an abortion here's what you're going to do i'll and give you money i don't want this child that's the end of the conversation and i think that 
like gets into the realm of being abusive. And I don't think mm. that we need to be private about abuse. I don't I don't see who that benefits. Yeah. At all. You you But isn't it easy to to justify like the airing of private tax by by always saying like, well, this is like sort of abusive behavior because perhaps it is. I mean, some of this stuff is bad. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think, like I said, integrity is important. I don't think you should be airing things just out yeah. of spite or because you're bitter. Um, we can apply some nuance. Because she here. seemed bitter that like there was an, his actual his current girlfriend is pregnant. I mean, potentially. I only saw the text between them, the yeah. two of them. Um, I'm almost embarrassed to admit that I read them, but I did. I did, too. Um, I'm not embarrassed. I mean, it, <laughs> at least it's part of your job, right? <laughs> yes, it's my job. That's why. Um, but no, I mean, you can, I don't care if she's bitter. Once true. again, if he had been supportive, if he had said, how can I show up for you? This is unfortunate. Here's how I feel personally. Like, yeah. I, I'm not ready for this. There there were a yes. million ways to yes. say the same exact thing Absolutely. that aren't coercive and abusive and cruel. Totally agree. Also, like, pick up the phone. Pick up the phone as well. And then you wouldn't have this problem. <laughs> you know, it's a lot. I'm just saying my I, – I have a lot of good advice for young athletes. Pick up the phone. Pick Stop up the being phone. a millennial. Stop texting. Pick up the phone. I'm a millennial. I get it. Those texts are going to be used against you. I do think, like, this is just something that – People need to get their arms around. Like, yes, is it sort of scummy to out private communication? Yes. I think it is, generally speaking. Is it scummy? Yes. But once we start talking about abuse, I don't care. Yeah. But But you're just, you're, you're, you're in a way creating uh, a framework that makes you feel better about releasing this information. She could release the same – she could tell that story without literally showing the tag. She could, and people would probably call her a liar. Yeah. Well, and then you have the receipts. Yeah. I mean – Right? But if you go straight so you want, to you it, want one more step. I want one more step. Okay. I, uh, that's yeah. fair. I, I actually – I just accept that people are going to sometimes be scummy. And so you can have two actors in a scenario that are both questionable actors. And so is this – uh, is releasing the private information questionable? Yeah. Is his activity towards her like exponentially worse than what she did? Yes. So I have room in my heart to say that they're both bad. I I won't make that. I yeah. won't make that comparison. I don't think they're both bad. I think he behaved very badly and he deserves everything. But why is why is she fine to release it? Because he he's coercing her. He's Pressuring her into an abortion months that's, ago. That's not months ago, his right? No, I just think they're both bad. I I understand what you're saying. I think he's like way worse. I'm not saying like I don't think we have to make all of this always a relative game, right? No, we don't. I get. Here's the thing. I think when something like that happens, everyone I, gets scared and thinks about some tense fight they had with a friend of theirs, and oh my gosh, what if my friend posted those text mm. messages where I was so mad. And I get how icky that would feel, but it's not the same situation. I mean, I, yeah. when is the last time you pressured someone to get an abortion? Well, I appreciate the question. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hopefully the answer is just <laughs> never. Never. Right. Never. So, you don't, so it's not a, a scenario right. you need to worry no, about. No, that's it's fair. It's very avoidable. That is fair. That's, that's, yeah, I accept that. Sorry to put you on the spot. I mean, there was really. That, what, I mean, <laughs> under the rules of afternoon drive radio, I would have to answer, honestly. <laughs> So, My apologies. Because 
You can call my wife and ask what percentage of like personal anecdotes I tell on this show are a hundred percent true. Okay, I believe you. Well, maybe you shouldn't believe me. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Uh, Adrian Lee is our guest. Love your questions. What What do you need advice on? You just heard the advice she would have given Anthony Edwards. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Let's hear. Uh, let's hear your questions. I have a couple uh, for you. One based on a uh, a tweet you sent out uh, earlier this week. You tweeted, "I'm so glad I have biggest fan friends and not tough love friends." So there is an idea out there that you need friends to. Tell you how it is to tell you when you're wrong. So what do you mean by having biggest fan friends versus tough love friends? Um, I think what I mean is there are people who pride themselves on being brutally honest. um, And I'm just of the mind that the world is brutal enough, that things are hard enough, that I have enough boundaries to my own success, both like externally and in my own mind, that I don't need to be having those boundaries placed in front of me by my friends. Mm. I don't want them to be mean to me. Certainly, if I'm out of line, if I'm being unethical, what have you, I want my friends to call me in, but I still want them to do it lovingly, privately, all of that. Um, I just think friendship should be a soft space not a harsh space. There, I mean, you can go online and tweet something random and find a ton of people who will be mean to you for free that you don't even know. So yeah, I don't think you need I, it I live friends. that life. I know you do. It's I great. S- I see your it's mentions. Fine. They're rough. There's no shortage of, of brutal honesty. A lot of, a lot of them are muted. So I don't see the worst of them. So that's that. nice. Love that for you. <laughs> uh, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think most people who convince themselves that they are giving tough love, are actually just mean people. And that's not tough love. I agree. They're not only mean, but oftentimes it's just laziness. It's like communication laziness. You don't want to take the time to figure out how to deliver something diplomatically. So you don't, and you call it tough love. But it's not. It's not what it is at all. 651-461-9226. Your holiday gatherings are coming up. What questions do you have for Adrian? We'd love to have them. I got a couple uh, in the hopper, including uh, a question about being estranged from your family as you head towards those holiday gatherings this week. Your questions, bring them on. We'll uh, mix it up as we continue here on Drive Time with Teresha. Ask Adri is the name of her column. Adrian Lee writes an advice column on Medium, and you can just search uh, ask Adri, A-D-R-I, it's uh, Ask Adri 101 is the uh, exact thing you can find on Medium, but easy enough to find. Adrian Lee joins us again here on CCO. All right, I have a parenting question. Okay, let's hear it. My oldest is off at college, and he's coming home for the first time for an extended period of time as a college adult, Right. Like, it's very different high school kid versus college kid coming home. Would you let an 18-year-old drink? Oh, well, okay. 
So you know my kids are like five and seven. So I don't have you don't have to deal. with I don't this have yet. firsthand. Experience, Let me give you, give you a my, glimpse. I will give you my my college experience. Yeah. Oh, good. I will give you my like. Because I was a nerd, I didn't really drink in college until I was twenty one. I didn't so. drink until I was like twenty yeah. as well. So number one, I don't know if you've talked to your son. Does he even drink? I wouldn't like encourage him to. Right. Um. But number two, here's the only thing I would offer. When I was in college, I was very close with my grandparents. I actually lived with them part of college to save money. And one of the coolest things about that experience was getting to know my grandparents as adults, as an adult, Mm. and knowing, like, just a different side of them. And part of that meant kind of relaxing the, like, parent-child dynamic that existed before. They were less prescriptive about what they expected me to do and not do and things like that. So you might chill a little bit to give him space to know you as like a grown-up and not just dad i like that he uh he has a girlfriend who is we are informed today is maybe going to come and visit that's a big deal right but don't make it too big of a deal i mean for sure i'm not gonna mine it for content for this (laughs) show (laughs) Would I ever? Can I remind you what your responsibilities are here? (laughs) I like Seth, but come on. I think Seth (laughs) understands that's part of the family business. Yes. Does she know who you are and what you do? So I don't think she did until recently. So her story, her her dad was inspired. uh, They live in New Jersey. After the, the attack on the World Trade Center, he left his career become a firefighter because he was so moved by the firefighters rushing in to try to save people. And I'm like, Seth, you found a girl whose dad is like a real life hero. (laughs) This man is an actual hero. And your dad just babbles like for a living. I just say stuff. That's it. And then it turns out that her dad is obsessed with local news people. Oh, my gosh. I love so, that. So, like, I think he's amazing. and I mean, that's a good, that's a good start. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> uh, estranged family. This is a hard time of year for, uh, and I, I think we don't talk a lot about this, but often there are grown children, adults, who are estranged from their mom or their dad or their siblings or whatever. And this time of year is, can be really challenging. For sure. When when you look at that scenario, how do you, where do you go? I guess, where do you go uh, with that? As you know, people are sort of making their decisions right now. Am I going to go? Am I not going to go? What's the right way to do it? I mean, I think number one, really broadly, Familial relationships are just relationships. If they're not healthy, if they're not safe, then I don't think that you should have them until they become healthy and safe. Um, that's just my bias. Um, I've dealt with some estrangement in my own life, and I, I don't I don't think it's always the worst thing for all parties involved. I think that the holidays are also already a really high-stress time. I just... I think that if you haven't spoken to someone, like having Christmas be the big showdown moment is just a recipe for disaster. People are often drinking, they're stressed, whatever. Um, like, I'm not saying don't show up, but maybe don't make it the moment where you like take your make your stand about mm. whatever your issue is. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think it's very interesting. You know, this week on the news, you'll see all these stories like how to talk about current events in this tumultuous time. 
And sometimes I wonder, I'm like, do we make too big of a deal about this? Like, people should just, like, go have some ham. Like, open some presents. Like, your big, like, come to Jesus moment with your family, whether it's over politics or the way you're treating it, like, do it next week. Like, why, why, why are we doing it at this moment? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think two things. Number one, yes, you're absolutely right. It, the holiday is not the moment. That's not what people are yeah. there for. It's not. Right. Like, it's just not. People are there to see each other, to have a good time, to eat, to what have you. Um, with that said, I think politics is a pers- perfectly reasonable reason to break ties with people. Because in my, for me, at least, politics are a reflection of my morality. They're not, right. they're not inconsequential. Yeah. You would break ties with, like, a parent over politics? Oh, sure. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I really, yeah, I would. Wow. Yeah. It, it would depend on the political issue. I mean, do you is this a Trump thing, or do you think like this is like, like when Trump is gone, like, could, will we go back to normal where people can just disagree about stuff without it being? I think. I mean, obviously, I come at this from the perspective of a middle-aged white guy, where yeah. I have nothing at, at risk in these scenarios. So I under I, I understand my. Ability to be like, can't we just talk about stuff? Yeah, and I'm a biracial black woman who grew up fairly poor. And yeah. So I guess what I would say to that is things weren't great or normal before Trump. And I think the illusion that we've been able to like agree to disagree has largely been a function of the privilege of some folks and yeah. not actually a reality. Um, I do think like, you know, maybe you're in a work. Place and it's really diverse and people say, you know, I work with so-and-so and they're from this background and we get along. Well, right. they're at work and they probably don't feel like they can disagree with you without consequence and they probably can't. Right. Um, families, family is a little bit different because you probably sh- are more than likely share some background with your family. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, and that, that like family love may outweigh uh, a policy difference, no matter how like well you know how deeply you feel it or how personally you feel threatened. It by may the result. maybe you're able to compartmentalize in that way, but I don't think it makes you immature or bad if you can't if you compartmentalize can. in that way. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I think that's reasonable. Like understanding if you have the ability to do that or not mm-hmm. is a big deal. Yeah, and I think also you know we talk about political disagreement. It can be an opportunity to actually build intimacy with your family to talk about real things and maybe you educate them and maybe they educate you and who knows. But I think we shy away from it a little bit too much. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Like this idea that, oh, we should never talk about this stuff or I I don't, we used to really mix it up. Like my grandpa was a Reagan Republican and my uncle was a lawyer who went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. So you can fill it in. Like, you can tell, you can imagine what Christmas was like in our family, which as a kid, it was amazing. Like, oh, you can just these different views and you can think and analyze and all of that. It was it was incredible for me to witness it. And things you thought you were right about, you'd hear something, you'd hear your uncle and be like, oh, like I'm so wrong. Or you'd hear your grandpa and be like, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. Like, yeah. it's just different. So it's good to mix it up, I think. But I think so for sure. But you're right. If you can't compartmentalize it, well, protect you, yourself. You got to protect you yourself. Res- if you guys can't be mutually respectful to each other, yeah. You mean, yeah. That's. Do you think that's the biggest factor? I think that 
you know, people talk about, I think, uh, we're more politically polarized. I don't know if we're more politically polarized. I do think we're a lot meaner to each other. <laughs> we are a lot. Um, a lot har- harsher in the way that we communicate things, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but I do think we should talk about it more. I think relationships are deeper and more authentic and more intimate when you're actually talking about real things. I'm not saying all you have to talk about at Christmas. Is oh, politics. it should right. It's it should be. It's okay to be part of the mix, though. For sure. One of our texters says Christmas actually is a coming to Jesus moment, which is fair. That is, is that <laughs> was that is the literal take. Thank you. <laughs> Very true. You can count on our texters <laughs> to come through with that. Uh, where should people send you questions? Uh, they can send me questions um, at askadri101 at gmail.com. Okay. Perfect. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you can DM me there as well. What do you have coming up for the holidays? Uh, just hanging out with family, cooking good food. Fighting? Uh, I'm not going to be fighting. Okay, good. Because I've got you know some functional estrangements, and I like most of the people in my life. So That's great. nice. <laughs> it's a good place to be, isn't it? When you like most of the people in your life, for sure. Yeah. Adrian Lee, thanks for coming in. We love it. Thanks for having me. 432, we'll do traffic and weather next here on CCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Nobody really cares that Target is coming back downtown Minneapolis four times a year, do we? No one really. It's, it's a big news story over the weekend. Target announcing it's going to. Well, Target's going to make workers come downtown sort of to the same degree that, like, I make my kids clean up their room. Like, I say they have to. They sort of do it if they want to. And ultimately, I don't really care because they have to live there. Target's going to have four weeks. I'm a little curious if this decision from Target, and don't get me wrong, being downtown four weeks a year for the people who actually come downtown, the people who actually still work either in their Brooklyn Center headquarters or their downtown Minneapolis headquarters. I don't know how many people really actually work there. The headcount is supposedly around 7,000 people. But who really knows, right? Like how many of those people are assigned to downtown Minneapolis, but they live in Wichita? Like we don't know. It's a private company. We don't know. So who knows, like how many people will actually come downtown? I will say I like it better downtown when there are more people. And I will say that if you work from Target, you mostly like that you don't have to pay for parking, you don't have to commute, you can work from home. So here we are, the great American impasse. The employee doesn't want to come to work. And frankly, it seems to me that Target gets it. They get that their employees don't want to come to work. And seeing as the company is doing fine, why rock the boat? Now, as a as a citizen of the state, as someone who hauls my butt downtown every day, I wish Target were down here. But I wish for a lot of things. So, you know, like, just because I want it, Target's a company. I do think we should start turning our 
our focus towards the government that doesn't have people working downtown. Now, not the city. The city of Minneapolis does have workers downtown. Hennepin County has essentially nobody downtown. Twin Cities Business Magazine and Adam Platt did great reporting on how Hennepin County has basically decided that they have no obligation to the city of Minneapolis. Their obligation is to keeping their employees happy, which I would say is a load of crap, frankly. Like, you do have an obligation. You're the county. You have an obligation to the health of your county. And what's the biggest factor in the health of Hennepin County? It is it is Minneapolis. It is. And so I think we should release Target from the hook. You're off the hook. Do what you need to do. You're a company. You act like a company. You've decided not to be a civic leader. You're trying to be a good employee and a good company. That a good employer and a good company. That's fine. For some of you who think like, oh, well, what's Target going to do? Why are they sending people into an unsafe environment? Like, get over yourself, right? Like, we have to start talking about stuff without just being so obsessed. And downtown Minneapolis has been... It's been relatively safe, hasn't it? Like, I mean, the crime statistics, when you look at the Central Business District, are very low. Very low. Even compared to pre-COVID. Like, we're doing better. Which is sort of interesting, isn't it, Dan? Because if you look at the city of Minneapolis, they have not... I mean, they're losing police officers. Yeah. Like, not only are they not making progress, they're losing ground. Which is to be expected. I, I don't say that as a failure. Officers are getting older. People retire. People in every job retire every year. But they're just not recruiting new people to take these jobs. Now, why is that? Well, if I were... Because every freaking agency is recruiting for, yeah. for more officers. And if you were a potential officer, where would Minneapolis be on your list? You would think fairly low, yeah. Fairly low. Yeah. If you're looking for action... Wouldn't you rather go to maybe the county, right? But if or a bigger suburb like Bloomington, like there's stuff, there's enough, there's crime, Edina. I think it's also fair to to, to think that you know somebody going into a law enforcement job that's quote unquote looking for action might not be the best person. Well, yeah, you know, suited for that. But job. I think a lot of officers you want you know you learn by being exposed to more types of crime. Right. Or, just, that's what I mean. By I that. totally understand I what you mean. I'm saying yeah, that you're right. That phrase, you know, you don't want. A little bit tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and can be an example of some of the problems that go into policing and some of the problems that that have with it. But I, I you know, I think Minneapolis's the, the the public safety office and their liaising with other agencies and helping bring in you know, folks from the sheriff's office and other you know, departments to help out in Minneapolis has absolutely had a positive effect on the safety level in downtown Minneapolis. It's not perfect. It never was, and it's never going to be perfect. Uh, but it's miles better than it used to be. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, the excuse that, well, no, it's it's a war zone down there. We can't extend play. No, that just doesn't fly anymore. Sorry. But it is, you know, from the target standpoint, it is just a reality of you you're looking at your data. You're looking at your sales. You're saying we're doing all right. Our employees are happy. Why are we going to make them come downtown more than four weeks? And we're not. And look, Target's recruiting people too. 
right? I mean, they're trying to find the best employees they can find. And what they've learned over the course of the pandemic is that they can be as effective with many of those employees working from home. At least at, at least good enough, right? It's good enough to sustain their success. And employees are looking around for the best deal. And if that deal includes the ability to have that flexibility, a hybrid work schedule, work from home. What are you going to do? That's, I mean, Target has to be competitive in that market. And I do think it's fair to look at a, at a company like Target that has been given all kinds of tax breaks to locate that headquarters downtown because having that headquarters and the assumption of all the employees working there is a benefit to the city of Minneapolis, hence the giving of tax breaks. It's quid pro quo, right? Yeah. So, but if Target then, you know, I don't want to say reneges on that deal, but I mean, at the core of it, that deal is we're going to bring a bunch of people to, you know, vibrant up your downtown, maybe don't charge us as much in terms of property tax or whatever it is. And then suddenly they don't require those people to come downtown anymore. If you're the city, you're, you're, I think, well within your rights to go to Target and say, hey, guys, we got to work something out here. The city council in 2000 essentially gave Target a $60 million subsidy that included a city parking ramp, skyways, and office uh, space. Um, That's sad. Like, they've been down here for 20 years. I don't know. Did we get our money's worth on that? Yes. I think yes. I mean, do I wish we didn't do these sorts of deals? Also, yes. But other states will. So, I don't know. They sort of have you. They have you in a tough spot. Do we celebrate Target being here for four weeks? I would say yes. At least they're making some movement. To bring people downtown, you hope people come and they're like, you know what, I kind of, here's the, here's the thing I don't understand about everybody who wants to be home all the time. Do you really want to be around your family that much? Do you? Like, I, I want your reaction to this. It's 651-461-9226. Do you really want to be around your family all day, every day, in your house all day, every day? Isn't it nice to go to work and every once in a while when when there's some nonsense at your kid's school, you can be like, well, I have a meeting. I can't go to that. You have an excuse. Now, what are your excuses now? All of you in your basement, what is the excuse? I like going to work. Like, you know what? And you know who else likes me coming to work? My wife. Get out of the house for a couple of minutes. It's good. Do you want to be around your family that much? This is a safe space. I will not out your name. 651-461-9226. I'm just saying. Unless you include it in the text. And then have, having a little separation, I think it's good. I like coming to work. I like coming to work downtown. I don't like having to pay for parking, Yeah, obviously. But there is a vibrancy to downtown that doesn't exist other places. It just doesn't. It's just different. We should you pay for your parking. As many, well. You know, you're welcome to if you'd like. I, I don't mind. <laughs> I mean, I pay for your car wash. You do, what, and I what, appreciate what, that very much. So. Is that this year's gift? Mm. Mm. No. Okay. 651-461-9226. Do you really want to be around your family this much? We'll talk about it coming up. Talking about Target, calling workers back four weeks a year, 20 days, better than zero, I say. But I asked why, why people want to be around their families all day. Do you really want to be home all day that much? Let's talk to Marie in Shoreview. She's at 651-461-9226. Hey, Marie. Hi there. Um, I want to, I, I love taking the bus to work and I work from home 
and um, th- whether it's that or driving, that's my kind of my downtime, that, that commute. So I miss that. And I, I wanted to add that my company, and I, I can't say who it is, right. um, are bringing workers back into downtown because they want that presence. It, so, it, and you miss, you miss the, isn't that interesting? I hear so many people complain about the commute, but I'm with you. Like, I like, I like that, that sort of, there's something, mm-hmm. there's something about that quiet time that only belongs to you. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Do you listen to stuff I, like on the bus or, or are you reading or what do you do? Reading or might be the internet yeah. just depends on the day. Yeah. But just to decompress. Do you have, and, you, do you have kids at home? No kids. No kids. No kids. But, yeah. We did, no kids. We did get a, I don't have that. <laughs> we did get a texter who said, uh, come Sunday afternoon, my three toddlers are driving me crazy, so I look forward to going back to work on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> I get well, it. Thank you. Thanks, Marie. Appreciate you listening and call again. Let's go to Dennis on uh, the CCO Talk and Text Line, 651-461-9226. Hey, Dennis. Hello there. Boy, the idea of staying at home all day, I got the shivers just hearing you say there are yeah. people who even consider that. They love uh, it. People I, love it. They I, they challenge it. They think I'm crazy when I say that, that people should go back to work. I can't get out of the house enough. We have a situation. Well, my wife has a case of Tourette's. So that, you know, you can only put up with so much of them. Our nephew's living with us now. He's a schizophrenic and then there's a god-awful stench in the basement going on seven years now i'm looking for places that are open 24 hours i need my business i got i'll take the train all night if i have to i just can't be around that place not at all not me no sir thank you dennis i'm i'm mildly concerned about you and (laughs) (laughs) you never know what's happening in people's homes you really don't you really don't and it sounds suspiciously like a former overnight host here. But yeah, how how dare I, you? I'm sorry. How dare you? Look at a certain point. Who I miss and adore. So, you know, I mean, can you put up with a wife with Tourette's or with a schizophrenic or with a mysterious stench? I mean, the, the mysterious yes. stench in the, in the basement. Is no, really, you I think, the you can put up with one of the three. But Dennis, understandably, when you have the trifecta, yeah, 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 the trifecta, you're going to need to hop on the bus and get to work. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if we had produced this correctly, we would be at the end of the hour and you would hit a button and we would be done. It was perfect. I mean, that's why. If you had a good producer, we're still on that. We're still figuring it out. 530, Dave Schwartz will join us. Uh, the Vikings are done, right? Like what? I mean, are they? No, they're still right in the mix for a while. You know, it's fine. I'd rather have them in the playoffs. They or could not. still win the division for crying out loud. I mean, why not? More more games is is better. I will tell you that during the Viking, I watched the first half of the Vikings game at uh, my friend's restaurant, Cafe Latte in St. Paul, and then I went to a gin cocktail class and honestly one of the best decisions I ever made I spent my afternoon anticipating that I was going to need a cocktail and the cocktail class took care of the took care of it I didn't even know what what had happened and honestly the class went so well I uh, really for most of the rest of the night I had no idea what had happened (laughs) Uh, we're going to take a break 
Stench of the basement. My God. That was beautiful. Uh, Laura's coming up. We will talk about uh, the Catholic Church blessing gay couples. We'll talk about that next hour. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.